Welcome to this episode of Shonen Flop, where we talk about manga series and Shonen Jump that didn't make it big. I'm David. I'm Jordan. And this week, we're talking about Godspeed, and we're joined by our guest today, Lauren O'Neill. Hello, hello. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us today. Can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? I'm a writer and editor. I also host a podcast or hosted a podcast called Sunday School Dropouts, in which I, an ex-Christian and my husband, a non-believing sort of Jew, <laughs> read all the way through the Bible. Oh my goodness. It was a great podcast. Lauren, I feel like your husband would be a perfect guest to be on if we looked at Golem Hearts again, which was a manga based on Jewish mythology. Okay, well, I don't want to get into it too quick, but there's a weird <laughs> whole angelology, demonology thing that seems to show up in Japanese media a lot. Yeah. So there's like a TV Tropes page about how like you can have all this religious imagery, you can even show crosses, but uh, you just you can never say the word Jesus in an anime. Like Jojo Part 7 did that. Essentially, it was a manga about finding the pieces of Jesus, which had magical powers, but they called it the Saint Corpse, even though it literally <laughs> had like a braid of thorns and holes in his hands. So obviously Jesus, but they just can't say it. It's great. I don't know anything about manga or manga. I don't know how I'm supposed to pronounce it. I have limited exposure to anime, but my husband plays a lot of video games. Ooh. Well, he also is more familiar with anime than I am. Mm -hmm. He's always playing these Shin Megami Tensei games. Yes. Yeah. That actually use this ancient Christian hierarchy of angels and demons. So pretty much every single Shin Megami Tensei game ends with you killing God of some sort. And why not? And Stephen Hawking shows up sometimes, too. Good for him. <laughs> Stephen Hawking gives you the ability to summon demons in the original games. <laughs> okay. They should put Nietzsche in there, you know. <laughs> I'm just surprised they find new gods to kill. Like, they'll just, like, rotate religions. I know in one of them you had to kill, like, a Celtic god. So that was, like, a pretty deep cut. That is a deep cut. I think, though, while we're on the topic of religious imagery, why don't we get into the imagery of this series and get into the manga details. Hell yeah. So this, Jordan, I think is our first Senin. And for listeners who don't know, so there's Shonen and there's Senin. Shonen is PG-13. Senin is R-rated. It's not always that blatant. It has a lot to do with the magazine. But in this case, this was definitely an R-rated manga. Yeah. I don't know. I think it was PG-13. There wasn't any actual nudity in it. There was like a very brief moment where you could kind of see nipple. It's not like there aren't a bunch of uh, scantily clad women running around in like uh, shonen manga, you know? This one was too much. I mean, I don't think it was R-rated, but it was too much. Yes, the series did not respect women. <laughs> this author was in good company probably with the guy who made Guardian of the Witch, which was probably the most overly anti-woman series we'd ever read. Yeah. Speaking of, though, the author of this series was Enega Takabatake, who did both the story and the art. His other works included 100, Angela, Zelbetsi, which is actually a series I really wanted to cover because it's like a mecha manga, which is pretty rare, but I just I haven't been able to find it. And though, unfortunately, we are not going to ever see any future work from this author because he passed away from a stroke at 29 years old, which really shows just how intense this industry can be on people's bodies. Yeah, we are going to be shitting on this series a lot, spoiler alert. Mm -hmm. But that is very sad. R.I.P. in peace. Yeah. And then this series ran from August 16th, 2014 to May 19th, 2015, and it ran for 10 chapters in two volumes. And I'm pretty sure this is, if not the second shortest thing we have. Oh, uh, Cool Shock BT, yeah, technically, I guess, was less chapters, but that was kind of a weird situation. Yeah. So this is by far the shortest in normal chapters. And Lauren, uh, by that I mean, usually a manga chapter is about 15 to 22-ish pages. Okay. Cool Shock BT's average chapter length was more like 35 to 45. So while Cool Shock BT had like six chapters, since they were each about one and a half to twice the length, it was effectively about 12 chapters of material, while this is just legitimately only 10 chapters. And yet each one felt so long. Didn't they? It almost felt as long as Beachy, which literally had chapters that were two to three times as long as this series. <laughs> it was like 20 chapters. Nope, technically 40. Lauren, don't read that. We'll tell you some good manga at the end of the show. No problem. I wasn't gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren's <laughs> like, I've never read manga before. Are they? And I'm sure she's like, wow, I wonder if they're all this terrible. And that's why people who like manga are so awful. <laughs> like these two idiots I'm talking to right now. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, how did I get myself into this mess? So speaking of Jordan and stories, let's uh, hear Jordan's fantastic summary of Godspeed as we go into About the Manga. 
Long ago, there was a great war between sexy waifu angels and demons who all wear exclusively lingerie. The angels were the victors and set up a city for humans, including a sanctuary where children are raised by the angel of comfort, Amalda. Upon reaching the age of 14, those children leave the sanctuary to go to paradise. However, as a young boy named Akita and his dumb friends who don't matter besides Reno discover, paradise is actually a very bad place. After being accidentally wounded by Amalda, Akita meets a sexy demon named Olivier who tells him that the angels were actually the bad guys and that all the kids are sacrifices known as reveries to revive dead angels. Olivier helps Akita rescue Reno, who has already been sacrificed, and gives him the heart of the angel Ia of the Wind, granting him anime powers to fight the angels with. After beating up Hugo, the only fat and ugly angel, Aqua, the angel of water, duh, takes over Reno's body and heals Akita's wounds by licking him in a creepily sexual way. Aqua knows where the corpse of God is, and by reaching it, she will be able to bring back all of the dead reveries and angels and fix everything. But the only way there is being guarded by Amalda. Oh no! Akita and Olivier then fuse together and use the power of Ia to finally beat Amalda, who just wanted to be a mother. But thankfully, Ia gains the power of God and fixes literally everything, even bringing Amalda back as a human and ending all conflict in the world. Yay. But wait, there's one One thing that is not fixed, which is that... This series is terrible. Well, that and Olivier and Akira and Aya are still fused in some awful chimera. Yep. That's like a (laughs) triple-headed beast. And they're like, oh, well, everything's solved. (laughs) But they just keep living as conjoined triplet. Listen, they needed some sequel bait. Fair enough. For need for Godspeed. Well, look, we need you to think about how cool it would be to have um, two hot waifus (laughs) forever. Forever. You got two hands, don't you? (laughs) I'm just thinking how this ending is literally the main character has the power of God and anime on their side. (laughs) The ending is, um, so yeah, none of that mattered. Don't worry about it. It's all over. Yeah, which is a very standard anime for, or very standard ending. Guardian of the Witch uh, was like, we just fixed everything. How we did that? Eh, don't worry about it. It's just everything's fixed now. It took two years in the future and then is like, yeah, in those two years, we did a bunch of cool stuff. Well, <laughs> you didn't see it, but. Yeah, that's a story for next time. <laughs> yeah. Time tested narrative technique of flashing forward and saying a bunch of stuff happened. That is how most of the manga that we cover on this show ends. Yes, I'm trying to think of examples. Time Paradox Ghostwriter had a time stop different. Yeah, and that's why it was better. Uh, Tokyo yep. Shinobi Squad, I think, kind of ended that way. It had a time skip because the, the teenage kid becomes older or something. I'm not really. Jim Naruto yeah. is even cooler <laughs> as an adult, as Jordan liked to call him. Did Beachy actually have a time skip? I don't remember what happened in Beachy. I know Riley created his own time skips by sh- skipping chapters because <laughs> nothing happened. That's innovation. Yes. We couldn't tell when we recorded until he told us that he had skipped about one in four (laughs) chapters. So that really went to show how nothing happened in that series. (laughs) Oh, man. And then let's go to the slim pickings, I guess, of talking about the characters. Does anyone want to talk about... I feel like I'm getting phantoms here where we just have another strong, tall mommy GF lady that's one of the main characters. (laughs) God, so much mommy GF, though. God created his own mommy GFs with Lady Amalda. So Jordan, why don't you tell us about the high heel queen of of shitty manga? Oh, God. Lady Amalda, she is the angel of comfort? She says at one point that, like, her power is, like, the concept of relaxation and everything that that word means. So her power is semantics, it seems like. She is also one of the four angels of the humors, which confused me because it was like, you know, which which humor is she? Like, is she like the black bile or the... Wait, she was one of the angels of the humors? That's what it said. That's so confusing. What comfort isn't one of them, though? Right? That's not a humor. David, do you know what the four humors are? Yeah, you got the the two biles and then... Black bile, yellow bile, blood, and phlegm. It's the four ninja turtles. (laughs) (laughs) Which one is which? (laughs) Seth Rogen just announced he's making a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie, by the way, so I'm actually unironically pretty excited about that. I thought you said Joe Rogan for a second. Yes. So Shredder, you, uh, you ever do DMT before? 
Because I got some TMNT instead. Oh, hey. 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 Cleverest joke I'm going to make in this entire podcast. But yeah, Amalda's whole thing is that she's um always happy and always smiling. But like, get this, guys. She's actually really sad. On the inside. It turns out that, like, she's a very multifaceted character. Is she now? She's the mommy GF who loves all these kids. But she has to sacrifice them, and it makes her sad. If only something could stop this. <laughs> if only she could do something. If angels would just stop dying in this war that we personally caused. <laughs> if only... I, as, like, one of the most powerful angels in the world, could stop sacrificing these children. But I can't! I can't sacrifice just one! <laughs> oh, I'm just imagining, like, a box of cereal with her and, like, all the kids and saying, oops, all sacrifices. <laughs> but yeah, so, in addition uh, to being the GF, she is also really, really, really tall, really busty, of course. Mm-hmm. She's wearing a dress that's all one fabric except for the part over her boobs, which is a different fabric that mm -hmm. seems to impart upon her boobs non-Newtonian physics. Oh, yes. It's called fashion, honey. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> the fabric is that way just so they can have her appear as like a big dark figure, but you can still see the titties, you know? <laughs> Definitely still like outlined right there. And then at the end, she shows up and is wearing a different outfit that allows you to see her belly, which is like really hot. Apparently. Literally every angel in this comic and demon is dressed very Lolita. Except for the male ones, which there are a few of. The only male angel is a giant, ugly slob. Yeah, and he kind of looks like a Buddha. And I was really confused by that. He looks like a big Buddha. Yeah, you go from big boobs to big Buddha. He's evil and bad. Okay, first of all, I don't understand why this manga hated fat people so much. Here's the thing. It isn't just that the manga hated fat people. I think the artist is legitimately unable to draw fat people. But he keeps trying. But it always looks like shit. There is a whole character who's a kid in the sanctuary who gets sacrificed, who like his entire character is just that he's fat and he eats too much. And everyone's like, oh, my God, he's always eating. And then at some point it like shows the angel that he was forcibly like tortured and transformed into. And it's like, oh, she's fat. <laughs> I didn't even pick up on that one. Wow, I didn't notice that either. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Fuck, I'm gonna have to reread this stupid thing. Please, for the love of God, don't. <laughs> Speaking, though, of Kids Fuse of Angels, why don't we get into the first, like, I guess, protagonist, Akira, who Tucker said it is not pronounced like the movie. The movie is pronounced Akira, though. It's Akira, isn't it? No, it's Akira. They say Akira in, in the movie. Oh, well, then I guess I've been pronouncing it wrong my entire life. Good job. Yeah, good job. Lauren's like, even I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> Through the power of editing, no one will ever know. <laughs> <laughs> so, though, speaking of dumb people, he's pretty dumb. One of his defining characteristics is he is male. And that's a big one. He is the only survivor of his friends because he got knocked out when uh, mommy whipped him real good. She was trying to whip the rest of the human race that are enslaved. <laughs> she was trying to whip a slave. Yeah. And then he got fused with an angel given to him by Olivier. Olivier. Okay, we'll just pretend there's not an R in that name. It's French. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You don't know Lawrence Olivier? Olivier Twist? <laughs> Listen, I don't do reading, okay? <laughs> and speaking of, we, we gotta hurry up, we got book club coming up. Anyway, so yeah, he's got air powers, and it turns out that air is like one of the three fundamental angel powers, so he is super OP. Oh, yeah. And everyone is like, oh my god, he can control air. Oh my god, that's wild. And I actually kind of feel dumb I didn't realize that, plus water, because it actually seems pretty obvious in hindsight until they said it, so I was like, damn, did I just get outsmarted by this series? No, you didn't, because here's the other thing. You can't just say, oh, Amalda is one of the four humors, and then just switch to, like, the elements like that. The angels that we see in the sanctuary are all, like, the angel of harvesting, planting, growing, and reaping, or whatever. But then Amalda is comfort, and then that's that's all. It's just too complicated, and not enough of it is expanded upon or explained, so it just seems completely pointless why you're even mentioning it. Like, they keep bringing up that she's one of the four humors. They never say which humor she is. I missed that somehow. <laughs> yeah, they said that, like, five or six times. Probably because it didn't make any sense! Well, probably because I was, like, <laughs> politely averting my eyes from her boobs. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh. Lauren was just reading the manga with her hand on the screen. <laughs> her husband would come in and be like, it's not what it looks like. I'm reading it for the show. Okay, but you guys, literally, a man came in to replace my AC unit, and I had this up on a giant monitor. <laughs> like, I was in the next room, and so I just kept being like, don't look over here, don't look over here. <laughs> <laughs> I can respect that. Now, David, I will say you forgot one very important aspect of Akita's character, which is that he's very, very angry. In fact, I would argue that uh, after, like, the first chapter, 90% of what he does is just be very angry. Well, you would be, too, if you got angel sliced. That is true. And your whole life was a lie, and your mommy GF was actually mean. <laughs> Yeah, I hate when my mommy GF is mean. <laughs> and then the speaking though of mommy angel GFs, why don't we talk about the other prominent angel, Aqua slash Reno? So Lauren, what, what was your insight? Unfortunately, my main insight is that I fully thought that Akira and Reno were twins <laughs> until like two thirds of the way through. The thing is, when they turn 14, they go to paradise, quote unquote, which is actually being tortured and becoming a host body for an angel soul. And so there were like two sets of people who were like turning 14, two people were turning 14 one day and then two people were turning 14 the next day. And the, the two on the first day had light hair and the two on the second day had dark hair. And so I was like, oh, they're twins. Mm -hmm. But then like in chapter seven or so, he was like, and Reno is the girl I love. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> I didn't get that. <laughs> if it's biblical times, that wouldn't be stopping them. Yeah. <laughs> Can't marry your sibling in the Bible. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, that's true. You probably know more. <laughs> <laughs> well, doesn't it happen a bit with like Adam and Eve or some shit or their kids? Isn't the Bible just kind of like, <coughs> and then women showed up for Cain and Abel to marry? Yeah, some women get magically generated, but they're not born from Adam and Eve. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, if this is Greek gods, though, then that 100% tracks. That tracks, yes. That is a very good point that I didn't pick up on. Your magic bar mitzvah happens on the day of your, on your birthday, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, he straight up says, I thought me and Reno were going to graduate on the same day. So yeah, that's a very good point that I didn't think about until you just said that. They're literally the same age to the day. That's fucking wild. Is calling it their heart mitzvah as clever as I hope, or does that not track very well? Because that's when they get the heart uh... put into them. Okay. Well, you should explain that the angel hearts are like crystal hearts that their souls are stuck in. <laughs> Did you ever do Build-A-Bear? <laughs> this is Build-A-Bear? It's exactly like Build-A-Bear! Yeah! You put a little heart in it! Yes! That was a brilliant connection. Thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you. I know that an angel's soul exists within her cleavage. You open it up and reach in there and just pull out a heart. And then you do like a torture surgery on a 14-year-old child and you stick the heart in the child and then the child becomes a host for the resurrected angel. Well, you sew them up first so that they can have the creepy uh, stitched up eyes and mouth. Stitches all over their body for, for some reason. Why was that necessary for taking Reno's eye out as part of the procedure? And like sewing up her mouth? I'm telling you, it's Build-A-Bear. <laughs> it's exactly what you do at Build-A-Bear. Yeah. I don't want to see any stuffed animals in your house, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Well, we have to talk about Aqua. Oh, yeah. So Reno transforms into Aqua, um, an elemental angel, right? Yes. She's the angel of water. I got a little confused between some of the elemental angels. I will say <laughs> it is at least uh, very easy to figure out which element that Aqua. Oh, right. Of course. Of course. How could I forget the moment that I had to cover up the screen the most? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, are you talking about how um, Aqua's power is that her fluids can heal? Yes. I wrote down the exact quote. My fluids have healing properties. It's slurp. One of my powers. <laughs> oh, just one of the most transparently horny things I've ever seen put in a manga. Like, it really is just like an excuse to have her lick Akira in like really weird, creepy, like sexual ways. Mind you, pretty much all of them are, I'm sorry, have the bodies of 14-year-olds. I would say there's no universe in which it could possibly be acceptable, but I guess she doesn't look 14 anymore, but I don't know. I don't know. No 14-year-old anime character looks 14, except for when you really, really don't want them to look 14. <laughs> unacceptable. Completely unacceptable, yeah. <laughs> 
Oh man, and this is the craziest is I don't think these are even the most ridiculously dressed women in this series. No. Jordan, take it away with the last character that we probably give a shit about in the series. Uh, so uh, the last character is Olivier. She is the demon of shadow. And yeah, she's basically just, she's wearing like something to cover her chest. And then basically nothing underneath that except for a pair of panties. She's wearing a long skirt. It's like slit up to above her belly button. So why is it there? <laughs> it's doing nothing. It is never used as a skirt either. It's pretty much only used as a cape because it never covers her. I love how she gets like cut in half and she regenerates her bottom half. And I was like, oh, maybe the author will give her like something reasonable. It just <laughs> it just makes the cape larger. <laughs> we'll give her like a crumb of dignity. <laughs> well, she gets like stockings that go up higher on her legs, you know, because that's less sexual. We'll give her pants, maybe. No, no, that's crazy. Part of the body that is like always warm, just like the hips, you know? gonna make a really bad joke about like that's why they call it they say you put a bun in the oven <laughs> uh, <laughs> i know i was like david don't i'm exiting out of this now <laughs> okay that's completely understandable i'm quitting the podcast <laughs> yeah, i'm quitting it too happy one year anniversary jordan <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so she reveals to Akira that, holy shit, Akira, get this shit. The angels are the bad guys. Demons, well, they're the good guys, believe it or not. And also she reveals that she is uh, like a human who took in a demon soul. And they never explain the mechanism of that. Yeah, and some people are kind of a real heroically willed person can prevent <laughs> the angel or demon from fully <laughs> taking over them. And that's what she did. And then that's eventually what Akira is able to do. Yeah, he leads by her example, except they say it's impossible for what he did to do, except for the fact we literally have a case of it happening right in front of him. And they both just kind of manage it, you know, because they're they're protagonists. Yeah, it wasn't even like that hard. It was like running like a 5K in the possession scale. <laughs> yeah. You know, everyone can run a 5K if they really need to. Yeah. <laughs> Most people don't really try that hard. They kind of just give up. But, you know, you just got to work at it and then your body won't be taken over by a fucking dead angel. Or dead demon. Oh, that is true. That is true. The last thing I want to say about Olivier is that, as with all girls in anime, she immediately gets a crush on the main male character mm -hmm. and gets immensely jealous, like, whenever he interacts with another female character. For example, when another female character splays herself out and licks him, let's say. Yeah, yeah. How dare she find that uncomfortable? <laughs> I also love how in the first chapter, this author was like, guys, let me demonstrate some foreshadowing. And so she has horns, but she wears a giant fucking like headscarf that covers the horns. But since they're huge horns, it looks like she literally has like a fucking like garbage can lid on top of her head that she's wearing like a shawl over. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, did you think this was subtle? Yeah, she just appears out of nowhere. Her uh, motivations are shockingly kind of vague. Just she seems to want to help humans. Well, one of her friends was captured by the angels and used as a reverie. So she's she's trying to avenge them. Ah, I see. But how did she even know that? <laughs> There's no resemblance to the original host in these angels. Unclear. <laughs> I mean, that's what she says. So I believe women. I'm going to take her word. You're completely right. <laughs> Damn, Lauren is, like, gonna get us, like, in trouble. Shit. Yeah, Lauren's too good a person for this show. I'm gonna meet you both by the end of this episode. No! Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't have a good transition for that. Let's go into why I failed. <laughs> Lauren, I know you fought really highly of this series, but I'm sure you have one or two things you didn't like about it. Okay, I mean, obviously, the first one is I don't understand why it had to be so porny. Mm -hmm. Like they could just be sexy ladies with a dress that covers their panties. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's a very good point. Like, at least if there was more uh, sex in the story, it would at least make sense. You would at least be like, OK, well, you know, this is this is like a pornographic series. Of course, they look like that. But it's not. It's about like the power of friendship and like, uh, you know, learning your life is a lie and dealing with that. Like, so why is everybody naked? <laughs> I don't know. No reason why they just straight up didn't show, you know, boobs in this series. So the thing David doesn't like about this series is that there weren't enough boobs and it wasn't horny enough. 
I'm just saying, if you're already treating women like <laughs> sex objects, just go the whole mile, you know? Like, fuck are you restraining yourself for, right? Crazy take! The dude who made Tokyo Shinobi Squad wasn't like, all right, yeah, yeah, I'm making an alt-right manga. Let's half-ass it. He was like, no, we're gonna say immigrants are the problem and have terrorist town. And you admire that. He was true to himself, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't respect what they did, but I at least can admire that he knew <laughs> he was a fucking alt-right manga creator, and he lived up to that. Yeah, this made more sense in your head, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep going. This is not my best episode. <laughs> now you're doing great. Oh, thanks. I'm just giving you a hard time. The thing is, though, that, like, in terms of the writing and the plot, like, women aren't treated as sex objects. I mean, yes, the main character is, like, one of the only male characters, but the female characters all have motivation, they have goals and stuff that aren't related to being sex objects. What is that test where- The Bechdel test. Yeah, this, this series passes the Bechdel I think it does. Wait, does it? Yeah, there's definitely two women talking about something that's not related to a man. Oh, yeah, yeah. About, like, battles or whatever, yeah. I wonder how many manga we've covered actually passed that test. Very few. Yeah, this series is the most feminist manga <laughs> of Oh my god. I mean, this series definitely has the highest percentage of female main characters. I suppose. Female main characters, in terms of, like, the plot and everything, they're doing great. They're just as complex as the few male characters, but then for some reason, they're all drawn just completely pornographically. What's the point? I don't get it. David, you probably know about this. They're like, uh, somebody has hacked the Pokemon games and replaced all the Pokemon with just, like... Oh, Moemon? I mean, I mean, I've never heard of that before in my life. Yeah, David, you've never heard of that. You didn't show me that, but... <laughs> That's absolutely what it feels like. It feels like somebody took some uh, dark fantasy manga and then just swapped out all the characters with, like, hot anime girls. This is a uh, berserk going through horny jail. This is, like, one of the weirdest berserk fanfiction stories I've ever seen. There's no reason this couldn't have occurred in the berserk universe. <laughs> both authors are dead, so... Fuck, both authors are dead! What we gotta do is get some angel hearts <laughs> and bring them back. The other problem that I had was that, okay, so there were so many, like, fluffy costumes and, like, sketchy action lines that I couldn't tell what was going on half the time. And I kept having to, like, reread it and be like, okay, so this character hit this character and this character blasted off into space and <laughs> then, okay, got it. You know, I kept having to reread it because there were so many just, like, scribbly lines on on the page i couldn't tell what was going on that's a very good thing to bring up the art is very rough it absolutely feels like uh there needed to be another draft i would say we talked about that in the chibi episode it literally just feels like they forgot to bring someone in to ink these pages like in the early chapters the characters like hair color changes mm -hmm. and i was like did you just forget to color it in i don't know <laughs> yeah also by the way uh this series starts with the main character waking up. Don't do that. <laughs> it's hard to start a series. <laughs> Speaking of woke, right? <laughs> yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> yeah. Have I been canceled yet? <laughs> <laughs> You've been canceled at least three times in the past 45 minutes. Nice. Oh, man. Don't forget to like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, did you get a chance to watch The Promised Neverland? No. So let's let's compare because this is series pretty much as a Promise Neverland done poorly, where Promise Neverland is a bunch of kids in a really wholesome place with a carekeeper. Things seem to be kind of off. In the Promise Neverland, however, you see the day by day. You see what they do in their life. You see all the fun. You get introduced to the characters like they play games. They do like hide and seek and they find out that the person who is in charge of them is really good at it and stuff. And then in like the last like few pages, you find out that children are actually being farmed to be eaten by demons. Hmm, That's very similar. Imagine, though, that was done in three times as much material. So that was done in about 90 pages, while this was done in about 35. Wow. Yeah, so that was some pretty shit pacing. Here's the thing. I knew that that was going to happen on the second page, when Amalda is just like, You guys are so special. We're all best friends forever. And then we're going to send you to this great place named Paradise. And I was just thinking, oh, they're getting killed and used for parts. Yeah. And you were right. Obviously, I knew something bad was coming. I didn't really know what it was going to be. So for me, it was actually like a pretty good surprise. I was like, oh, what is the dark twist going to be? And then I was like, oh, the dark twist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I guess I'm just a little too genre savvy. But also that like isn't the plot of the series. It feels like, you know, like. 
the entire first arc of the promised neverland like the the anime adaption the entire first season of it is in this location that sounds like better pacing it's great because this is absolutely insane also the characters are really inconsistent just one thing that stood out to me is how reno literally sees amalda torturing someone and the next chapter says the angels would never hurt anyone just straight up says that without any sense of irony to the fact that she literally saw an angel torturing someone yeah we all have denial as a coping mechanism sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the angels, I'm sure, that would have shown up as denial. <laughs> the angel of denial. <laughs> <laughs> That's the second humor. The <laughs> third humor is uh, Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth is a uh, cool breeze on a hot day. There you go. Yes. Ah. Very specific. <laughs> I'm the angel of awkward pauses. Yay! Hey! <laughs> we did it! <laughs> oh god, this episode is a whole fucking mess of spaghetti. <laughs> now I don't need to worry about ordering dinner. <laughs> nice! And then I think the last thing I had was just this plot has zero downtime. We talked about in Sitman, there's no real sense of understanding what the characters' motivations and like what do they do in their free time? What are their relationships outside of advancing the plot? Which really just makes everyone feel very empty. That is true. And it makes the world not feel lived in. Like we almost get it where we see all of Olivier's friend, but he exists just to sell her things. We don't know why they're friends. Why does he make this deal? How is she friends with a demon that probably looks a little too much like a Jewish caricature for my I taste he looked like an anti-semitic jewish character it was a little akis yeah 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 long nose goblin merchant great there is one aspect of this plot that i really would like to address yes i noticed this on my reread and just, i was just like what the fuck is happening the basic end plot is that um aqua knows where the corpse of god is mm -hmm. and by finding the corpse of god and only she knows where it is they can use that power to become the new creator but the only way to get there is through one specific little checkpoint apparently where amalda is already there you get the sense that like all they gotta do is go through there and that's where the corpse of god is so it's like so does nobody know has that corpse just been hanging out like right there forever and just none of the angels have noticed yeah i thought he was kind of like further out like he was like further out on the road you just had to go through it you get the sense it's not like that too much after that if for no other reason than this is the last thing that happens in the comic it was completely transparent, like, we need a final showdown for this to happen. But I think that's better than not having a final showdown. Like, at least they were like, yeah. here are the stakes. They're completely clear. <laughs> I appreciate that. That is true. At the very least, I, I guess we knew what it was. I guess, I guess, I guess the stakes were clear. <laughs> like, something was clear in this manga, I guess. That's all I can say. <laughs> And that clarity uh, is not just all the shots that we get of Olivier's ass. At least there's that. At least there's clarity on something else. Oh, yes. This series is very direct. You will not be for naught for seeing tits and ass in this series. <laughs> oh, no. Jordan, let me ask you something. Yes. What were some things about the series you did like? A lot of the time the art does feel rushed, but sometimes the art looks really nice. You could tell the artist really uh, cared about certain pages and panels and didn't care about others. Now, sometimes the things that he cared about were things that I personally didn't care about. <laughs> oh, yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> I thought the costume designs, other than the pornographic elements, they were cool. Not only that, but there are these moments where he has these big landscape drawings of, like, mountain ranges and stuff that I thought were actually pretty nice. But, like, in other places, he clearly didn't. <laughs> Alas. 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 I think the fights were kind of cool sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, I really liked how they beat the big fat demon by using gravity powers to drop a bunch of apples on him. That was kind of cool. I feel like all these series, the author has, like, one cool idea. And, like, Zipman had one good fight in it. <laughs> and then they just don't, they're like, oh, fuck, I don't know where to go next from this. That was, he just all my A material. Yeah. It was by far the most clever thing to happen in the entire series. For sure, yeah. I mean, for folks who haven't read it, which please don't read it, <laughs> the Gravity Angel has these weird black halos that, uh... 
look like the one ring from Lord of the Rings, by the way. Yeah, exactly. And he uses them to kind of like press you down into the earth with extra gravity. But they manage to stack a bunch on top of him, which doesn't affect him because he's the angel of gravity. But then they throw a few apples through it. And just as Isaac Newton dreamed, the apples <laughs> get multiplied gravity and they blow him up or whatever. Lauren, what if I told you there's a series about a dude who finds the apple of Isaac Newton and it gives him gravity powers whenever he eats it? I would not read it. That's a good call. But I'm interested in that concept. <laughs> Hungry Joker was a hell of a time. Hungry Joker! Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it turns out the apple actually was hiding its true appearance because it's truly the apple of Eden. This <laughs> is the plot twist at the end of the series. No! Okay, actually... I've done a 180. I'm going to read it. <laughs> he fights a guy who uses Gregor Mendel's peas to give him the power of evolution. Amazing. Okay. <laughs> I love this. This is like the comic that I would have drawn after completing eighth grade. <laughs> exactly. And this dude later on became like one of the most successful manga creators of all time. <laughs> Extraordinary. Going back to it, speaking of the halos, I actually like how the demons had halos, which Jordan, I think that was a detail you didn't notice the first time. And I feel like that is some interesting imagery that kind of helps give this like two sides of the same coin in that the demons don't always look blatantly evil and the angels don't always look blatantly good, which is certainly not anything new, but was at least a little bit more effort than I would have expected for a series that's this transparent of who is good and who is bad. I did think Amalda had creepiness that she she always has a smile on her face because she's the comfort angel, even when she's like whipping and torturing people, which I thought was effectively conveyed some creepiness. And then I did think it was kind of cool that they uh, gave her this kind of backstory at the end where it's like, because she's the angel of comfort, she genuinely loves these kids, but then she tortures them and that she can't deal with her emotions because she embodies pleasantness. So her psyche gets more and more scarred. It wasn't like masterful storytelling, but it was a, a nice little layer of complexity in an otherwise not very complex story. I agree, because I think there is a lot of uh, interesting places you could go with the idea of somebody who, like, is uh, experiencing, like, intense, like, sorrow, but is literally, like, physically unable to express it. Mm -hmm. There's a panel where uh, Ia, the angel of wind, who I looked up at as, like, an ancient Mesopotamian deity, not of wind, but whatever. Greek goddess of the sky, I think, is Eos. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we can't ask the author. But yeah, so Ia is saying, like, we absolutely sacrificed you kids and we didn't really care that much. But except Amalda, Amalda was really, like, freaked out by it. And they show a shot of Amalda actually, like, in shock. And I thought that was actually, like, probably one of the most effective moments in the entire series. Yeah, I agree. Like, she weirdly became one of the most uh, interesting characters in the series, but that's not saying that much. <laughs> You know, it's not saying that much, but they did something good with that. And yeah, she also was very, in a lot of places, very terrifying, or at least somewhat terrifying. Eos, I think, is actually Dawn, now that I think about it. Ah, uh, dang. Oh. See, now who's getting canceled? Fuck. <laughs> this is the last Shonen Flop episode, because we all got canceled. <laughs> all of us got canceled in the same episode. <laughs> Unbelievable. My friend has a podcast called Dansplaining, and he danceled me in the most recent episode. So <laughs> this has really just not been a great week for not being canceled on my end. Well, is that where you dance and uh, in a bad way? I don't know, but he danceled <laughs> me, okay? I don't even know, but it was it bad. It sounds bad to be danceled. Oh, I do have one last thing. Also, when the main character gets shot into space and he can't breathe, don't worry about it, he's okay, that he uses the last air in his like mouth for his wind powers. Because he's now the angel of air. So I was like, actually, that kind of was also a little bit cute. So again, that gravity angel fight was the only time that the author actually tried. I will agree. I think that the gravity angel fight kind of showed off what the author could do well. And then he just decided not to do that. And what the author could do well is yeeting all his characters into space. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I bet the author was like looking at other writers, like stressing out about the quality of this series. And he's like, guys, don't even stress it. It's not a big deal. We'll all be fine. And then he got canceled <laughs> five months later. And then he died. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he got canceled and died immediately after. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you get canceled. You die of a stroke. <laughs> when you get canceled, you die in real life. When you die on Twitter, you die in real life. <laughs> if you just hear a thud on the table, it's I've just died. Lauren's canceling of me has taken effect. I was barely holding on after being danced. <laughs> 
speaking of canceled things, since this series did not survive very long, why don't we get into where we think it could have gone had it not met? I feel like that's kind of inappropriate to say an early demise given the offer, but I just I can't think of another way of saying it. I got you. Yeah, we might scrap this episode. No, <laughs> we're not gonna. Do this. Lauren's like, what? I just spent like an hour on this shit. You better fucking put this episode out. <laughs> I read this whole stupid fucking series. <laughs> The air conditioning guy judged me. He thinks I'm into things I definitely am not. Okay. Jordan, where do you feel like the series could have gone had it lasted more than literally like the shortest amount of time possible for a series? Well, first of all, I think that we definitely would have met more angels of the humors. That's the first thing. At least I hope so. Probably would have met more of the elemental angels. Maybe there would have been a more logical reason as to uh, where the uh, the corpse of God is. <laughs> I maintain it would have ended with them fighting actually God. Because that's how most of these things end. I also think that if it was longer, probably they would have gone back to the sanctuary and maybe worked that shit out a little bit better. <laughs> Freed the kids. Freed the kids. Yeah. What about them? We did get like a side note that when Olivier collapsed the sanctuary with her shadow powers, that she specifically did it in a way that wouldn't hurt the kids. In this manga that's trying to be edgy, we can't have anything actually upsetting happen. Yeah, everything worked out. Nothing bad happened. There's no weird inner conflicts. I just, oh, man, <laughs> it really would have been nice to have played up the demons are good, angels are bad. Because I forget, Jordan, did we explicitly say they're like, there's peace between the humans or the angels and demons. And then the angels just backstab the demons because they thought they were ugly. And that's what started this war. Okay, okay. This is something that I think is so funny and also indicative of this uh, author's problems. The example of how the angels betrayed the demons is there's just like an angel standing there and a demon standing there and they're both happy and they're both like looking at what they've created and it's all cool. And then the angel just straight up like cuts the demon. <laughs> That's so absurd. According to Olivier's explication, <laughs> um, <laughs> the creator created uh, humans and the earth and then created angels and demons to kind of watch over everything. And angels represented order and demons represented freedom. But then the angels got too obsessed with order and they couldn't abide by any freedom. And that's why they had to kill the demons. God, this is literally Shin Megami Tensei. Jordan, this series is so good at ripping off ideas. It ripped off a manga that came out three years after this one. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, if I didn't say The Promise Neverland came out after this series. Got it, got it, got it. So that's why I haven't been harping as a ripoff we talked about in the chibi. So there's a series called Time Paradox Ghost Rider where this dude gets future copies of another manga series and he plagiarizes it. That's what happened here where this guy somehow had future chapters of The Promised Neverland. Okay. And saw them and said, oh, I have to make my own series before that comes out in the timeline. But then he fucked up really bad and they did a really shitty job <laughs> of it. That's a great interpretation of this. Lauren, though, so where is something you feel like you would have really thought the series could have gone had it not been canceled. I don't know if I have like a strong opinion on where it could have gone, but uh, more like I feel like if it had more time, then it could have paced everything out better. There were no moments of pause. There was not really a whole lot of like comic relief. It was just like boom, bam, boom. And if it had had a longer runtime, I would have not necessarily liked to see more stuff happen. I would have liked to see the stuff that did happen spread out and explored more. Like, maybe have characters interacting with each other, possibly talking and showing off their personalities that set them apart from the most generic stuff. I mean, I know that's insane. Or whatever, you know? <laughs> or like, you know, anything. Just like something, right? You know, fuck it. They could have had a beach episode, show all the tits and ass, but actually show, hey, what do these characters do recreationally? We gotta get the angel at beaches. She just always complains about having sand in her pants. <laughs> of course. I saw that Simpsons episode where Homer's like, I got sand in my pants. And Marge's like, all right, we can go home. They walk off and Homer runs back and he puts more sand in his pants. <laughs> this is series really kind of broke me in a way. <laughs> you mean The Simpsons? No, Godspeed. <laughs> the Simpsons broke him. Simpsons did break many people, though, to be <laughs> fair. <laughs> It really did. And my last idea is it would have been cool if the series was kind of like Shaman King where they could have talked to the angel more. Like it happened a little bit. What It wasn't like an element. So imagine if Rio had gotten her personality back and then they're like, oh, who's in control? Who's got the powers? Kind of like, you know, how Greed and Ling kind of fuse at the end of Fullmetal Alchemist and they take turns with who actually gets the body. 
Mm, so you're saying instead of doing the thing that they did from uh, the second Matrix movie where just for no reason at all one character gets teleported into another dimension and has a long conversation with a representation of God or something, they could have actually had a character moment or something. Interesting idea. It's hard with a series of short to really talk about where it could have gone because it didn't really give us a lot of breadcrumbs <laughs> of ideas. There's really no direction this series was going to go that I was like super interested in, to be honest. Sorry, Victor. <laughs> Yeah, there's a guy in this Discord who really, really liked the series and told us yeah. to read it, so... Whoops. Oh, no. <laughs> it's alright. Victor, still love you. Our OG fan. Jordan, he actually commented on the first ever Reddit post we made about our podcast. I know! It's crazy. Victor, even though we're, like, attacking this manga man, like, not attacking you, thanks for listening, man. This is the perfect series we wanted to cover with Lauren, so I appreciate it. When you think of this series, you think of me. <laughs> <laughs> We were just like, what is a series with very overt religious themes to it? And Victor was like, oh, you should read Godspeed. And we we're like, actually, this seems about right. Because it does not hide its religious influences. I remember I, I like DM'd you and like, okay, would you be against reading something with like anime titties? That was very sweet of you to check with me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to just throw it at you. It was my idea, for the record. I was like, Jordan, let's clear it with Lauren that it's okay, that she's okay reading an R-rated series. Okay, David, you get the points. You're right. Listen, Jordan, I don't have a lot going on in my life, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so I have, like, a group chat. Like, people pin things, and we were going through trying to clear out pins, and half of them are like, I pin when someone says something nice about me in the chat. Oh! <laughs> you need to talk to an angel of comfort. <laughs> yes, or the angel of miscellaneous thoughts. Nice. Lauren, take us away. What were some like oddities that you thought of that you know quite didn't have the opportunity to talk about yet? There's one very obvious one, and that is the first child that we see in the sanctuary who turns 14. Yeah! Bernard, and they call him Bernie, and he's about to graduate, and everybody is fucked up about it. They cannot believe that they have to live for even two days without their friend Bernie. And I don't know what he did. <laughs> But they love him. And the first chapter is just all of the other 14-year-old children or, or 13 and, you know, nine-tenths children being like, Bernie, Bernie. And I was like, yeah, same. I also live in a reality where <laughs> Bernie was taken from us too early and all my friends cried about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this did come out in 2015, so. Ooh. <laughs> I also really like that the characters are Akira, Reno, and Bernie. And Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> I have a thought. Why was this series called Godspeed? Because that's how fast it got canceled. Oh. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> nice. <laughs> this series definitely has the most acceptable deus ex machina, because that's literally what happens to resolve everything. That's true. <laughs> I guess when you're literally uh, gaining the powers of God, you can't really argue that something is not logical or something. It's like, well, they have God powers. If you have the powers of God, then why can't you split up this like creepy ass three headed chimera being? Because they like it, Lauren. Okay, okay. Akita likes having a tiny harem, I guess. <laughs> they both have crushes on him. But they're going to be fighting with each other the whole time. Well, don't girls all they do is fight with each other? Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and yet this series still passes the test. Yikes. Yikes. That's a good one word summary for this series. That should have been our power word. Yikes, yeah. Yikes forever. <laughs> Let's shift things to the final verdict. We are definitely zooming along, so we're, we're definitely going to make tea time. At Godspeed? I already made the best Godspeed joke possible, Jordan, so sorry, buddy. Speaking of, I have two ideas for a six-word summary. My first one was, a need for Godspeed, parentheses, not really. Nice. Great, great. And my second one was, it's a piece of holy crap. <laughs> Lois? Holy crap, Peter, I got an angel and so Oh, we already did for High School Family, where I did a Family Guy bit. High School Family Guy, yeah. And this one wouldn't be as good. It's okay. Can't all be winners. But I'm, I'm glad both my six-word summaries were good. Lauren, how about you? Mine is actually demons good and angels bad. <laughs> That's actually a very accurate summary. <laughs> it's like a DeviantArt tier. Like, this guy and the beachy guy definitely would have been friends. Well, yeah, but that guy wound up being really good. He improved greatly, so... Lauren, though, Beachy unironically says as the climax of its series that there is an eighth deadly sin. And would you like to guess what the eighth deadly sin is? Oh my god, I just remembered! Oh jeez. I don't know. It's gonna blow your mind. Justice. Nice! <laughs> <laughs> 
That is the climax of the series is this revelation that this 22 year old offer thought he had it. He really had it all figured out. But then he made two very good series. So it worked out. Yeah. Uh, I had one more miscellaneous thoughts, which is why the fuck does Europe exist? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, because I made a guess. I made a guess in the chibi saying that they're going to find out that they're a part of like real world. But they started off saying that the continent was like Ostrowski or something. And then they were like, oh, and then, of course, after the war in Central Europe. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what the fuck? I was really hoping that I was right. I think I was zero for three in my guesses. I was like, come on, man, they're going to you're just going to find out. It's like there's like this weird isolated zone and then there's the real world outside of it. And nope, just, they just mentioned Europe for for no real fucking reason. Nope. I guess that's where it would have gone. It would have gone to Europe. So yeah, my six word summary is Godspeed you, poorly drawn fat emperor. You really, Yo, really just want to make a no. reference to that band. I really want to make a fucking reference to Godspeed you, black emperor, okay? Just because you don't know who they are doesn't mean other people don't know who they are. Do you not know who they are, David? I do, but not as like instantly recognizable as Jordan makes it seem. Well, it's one of the most iconic band names that was ever created. When I saw that band name, I remembered that band even before I ever heard the fucking band. All right, I guess I'm not cool like you guys. Yeah, you're not, but it's okay. You guys are, like, young, right? Define young. I'm about to turn 30, if that's what you mean by young. Oh, that's cute. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, we're adorable. We're little babies. <laughs> I legally can drive a car, if that helps give you context. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Uh, let's just wrap things up, though, with flop or not. Lauren, is this a not a flop, a, a flop or a certified flop? <laughs> I would have to certify this flop. <laughs> How about you, Jordan? Yeah, this is a certified flop, man. It's just, uh, you know, it's it's not good and it doesn't have much of anything good going for it. I would say I agree quite wholeheartedly that this is a certified flop. And since we all thought this was a flop, Lauren, what would you say someone should check out instead of reading Godspeed? I don't know any other manga. It doesn't have to. We had someone recommend The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. Well, The Mandalorian is exvangelical. So if you want <laughs> to have something about breaking away from religion, that's a great one. I would also maybe in the, in the comics realm recommend the graphic novel Blankets by Craig Thompson. Ooh, that's a nice one. Yeah. Also about leaving the church. That may just be a personal obsession of mine. <laughs> you could also listen to episodes of my podcast, Sunday School Dropouts. We have two episodes on angels. We have an episode on heaven and hell where you can learn more about uh how angels and demons have been portrayed in real world mythology i think you may be the first guest to recommend looking at your own podcast as instead of reading this series <laughs> that's big brain thank you i mean that is also why we chose this series anyway right i'm not faulting her i am just saying that this is the first this is the first 200 iq move <laughs> she gets the double podcast plug <laughs> i'm playing 70 chess over here it's real gorilla brain <laughs> yeah Gorilla brain, yeah. <laughs> hey, that diamond hands with AMC paid off. <laughs> okay, and then how about you, Jordan? What would you recommend? It's actually not a graphic novel that I would recommend. It is a book called Never Let Me Go by uh, the author Kazuo Ishiguro. It's very good. It's um, wasn't it like nominated for like the Booker or did it win the Booker? I mean, that's a very prestigious book that you're recommending. Yes, it is. It was recommended to me by my. Uh, painting teacher and i really enjoyed it and it has uh similar themes of like you know a bunch of kids are in a school and then it turns out that like oh they're kind of being used as like for their body parts and stuff like that i didn't know that i didn't know what it was about i've got to read it it's really good i definitely recommend it if you want to read a far better version of the plot of godspeed i guess <laughs> So now I kind of feel like a piece of shit because my, my you guys are saying like these like award winning, like life changing books. Well, I was going to recommend a series called Magu-chan, which. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Magu-chan's great, though. <laughs> so Magu-chan is the story of a bunch of eldritch gods, which lose their powers and have to learn about the power of friendship by hanging out with teenage girls. That's wonderful. You said you listened to our High School Family episode? I did. I would say Magu-chan is about as wholesome as High School Family. How many cats with little anime faces are there? There is no Gomez, be warned. Shit. But everyone is absolutely adorable. Like, the main character is literally an eldritch guy that looks like a little, like, octopus. Oh, I love that. And he loves eating, like, soybeans, I think. Who doesn't? Okay, great. I love this. Alpha males don't like eating soybeans, Warren! <laughs> 
The most recent chapter was literally all the gods want to make like their own temples, and so they just make like a tree fort to hang out in in the woods. <laughs> Aww. Oh, also you should read High School Family as well. David's giving you homework. Hey, we got Megan to check out Chainsaw Man because we just gave up talking about Phantom Seer. Yeah, you know what? I would say Phantom Seer is worse than Godspeed, actually. <laughs> And more people like Fandom Seer than than people who like Godspeed. Our guest in the last episode was like, oh, I unironically liked Phantom Seer. <laughs> and we were like, whoops. <laughs> Definitely our hottest take, I think, not liking Phantom Seer. Yeah. Is this the worst thing we've ever read? I guess I did kind of just give it away. Phantom Seer was definitely not the worst thing we've ever read. It was close, though. <laughs> if Phantom Seer is worse than this, then it's not the worst series we've ever read. <laughs> That's a fair point. So let's now go to shoutouts. Props to Jordan for making the awesome opening and ending theme and being a great co-host. Ears do not deceive you that, yes, we did change the theme song. Jordan did an absolutely fantastic job. I also want to give shout out to my friend Mike Carpenter, who gave us some really great feedback and just made this such a terrific improvement. I also want to give props to Shannon for the awesome cover art. You can find her online at Illuminati and Nigel for being our generous art benefactor. I also want to thank Tucker for assistance with pronunciation, translation, and other miscellaneous research. Be sure to check out Shonen Flop Gaiden, his companion series, which goes into further detail on each of the series we cover here on Shonen Flop this week in particular, because we recorded a little bit early and Tucker was still able to get his research in. So absolutely terrific job, Tucker. I really wasn't expecting to get it in with four less days, but you still managed and it was a really big help with this episode. Hell yeah. Thanks, Tucker. I also want to thank Miriam, Nicole, and Audie for their help with social media. And if you haven't yet, be sure to join the Shonen Flop Discord. Come hang out with us and talk about anime, games, or whatever else is on your mind. We have a book club and do regular movie nights. You can find a link to our link tree in our bio we also now have merch you can get the official shonen flop shirt so shout out to everyone who's bought a shirt so far can't wait till i meet someone wearing a shonen flop shirt probably will never happen but it sure would make my day if i ran into someone that did yeah give us the money baby Gang, gang. <laughs> Speaking of supporting the show, please, if you have been enjoying the show, please remember to like, rate, review, and share it. It really helps us a ton. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Shonen Flopcast and our website, shonenflop.com. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And then, though, above all, Lauren, I really want to thank you for taking the time to join us today to talk about Godspeed and canceling me. You know, it was a real <laughs> privilege. Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at, at Lauren E. O'Neill. O'Neill spelled with an A like Shaquille spells it. Your Uncle Shaq? Oh yeah, Uncle Shaq. <laughs> That's how me and my siblings refer to him, is Uncle Shaq. <laughs> it comes up like surprisingly often. You can also listen to my podcast, which kind of accidentally ended because of the pandemic, but there's over 100 episodes to listen to. It's called Sunday School Dropouts. Oh, I thought it was because you ran out of books in the Bible. Well, we did a whole third season that was like stuff that isn't in the Bible. Um, That's actually where we did all the angels and demons stuff because the Bible itself does not go into a whole lot of detail about those things. But um, Jewish and early Christian folklore sure does. Have you guys covered Dante's Inferno, which is, I think, probably the most famous fan fiction ever written? We do discuss it in our Heaven and Hell episode, which was our last episode. We don't go into too much detail about it because I think it's actually overrated Ooh. as Ooh. a piece of fan fiction. Mm -hmm. Not in terms of its literary and poetic merit, but in terms of we think that's like where we got all our ideas of hell. No, that's not where we got all our ideas of hell. That comes from centuries earlier. I do, however, believe it's where we got most of our ideas about Italian. That's definitely true. Yes. <laughs> the Divine Comedy just really showed me that Italians just humor is not for them. <laughs> I get it. Thank you. <laughs> Bold statements about Italians. You heard it here on Shonen Flop. We are going to lose all our Italian listeners after that statement. Italians are not funny. <laughs> <laughs> the German listeners are like, yes. <laughs> Lauren, did you have anything? I'm just so used to our guests having like 10 shows they're on. So I just <laughs> wanted to make sure. I co-edited uh, an anthology of essays. It's called Empty the Pews, Stories of Leaving the Church. I have an essay in there about leaving the church. A lot of people who are way more famous than I am are in there talking about it. So, yeah, it's great. And I would like to thank David for doing the editing on this episode and all episodes and just kind of helping uh, keep the podcast together. Oh, thank you, Jordan. It's been a lot of fun. Can't believe it's been a year. Couldn't ask for a better co-host because everyone else said no. <laughs> you motherfucker. Bazinga. I love <laughs> you too. And then we don't have any traditional shout outs this week, but I am going to put some promos here. 
Hello there! Here is a present for you! It's the newest episode of Shonen Flop Gaiden, the companion series to the main podcast which goes into further detail about a topic related to the manga series being discussed in the main episode. In honor of Godspeed, we're going to play a game of Angelic Snap. It's your job to take pictures of different angels across different belief systems, which I will grade based on accuracy, but mostly on how close to the center of the frame they are. Shonen Flop Gaiden is available exclusively on the Shonen Flop YouTube channel a few days after this episode's posted. See you! Do you often find yourself gravitating towards the Tumblr aesthetic of 80s and 90s anime? Do you consider the Toonami block to be prestige television? Have you ever spent over $100 for just two DVDs at Suncoast Video? If so, it sounds like you'd enjoy Aging Otakus, the podcast where your hosts Eric and Hore discuss episodes and OVAs from classics you love and some you may have missed. That's Aging Otakus, available wherever you get your podcasts. Looking for a podcast all about nerddom? Want a podcast with an emphasis on representation? The Nerd Alternative is the podcast for you. Join me, Ram. Me, Hassan. And me, Levi. Three black British nerds tackling the pop culture we love and sharing why we love them. The Nerd Alternative, a sweet melting pot of all things nerdy. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. This has been David. This has been Jordan. This has been Lauren. And you've been listening to Shonen Flop. Keep on flopping, floppers. Yeah!